Kurt, are we good? Sure. <laughs> All right, very good. Um, uh, um, uh, welcome to the Metropolitan Planning Organization, uh, Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Policy Board meeting for July 15th, 2021. I am Vice Mayor Courtney Shipley. Um, I have, to begin with, I wanna turn this over to Jessica Mortenshire to give us an explanation of how the meeting runs. Thank you. Jessica Mortinger and I'm on video today with Ashley Breyers um, facilitating the Zoom portion of the meeting. We will work alongside MPO Chair Courtney Shipley, who is also on remote video, to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Currently, we have everyone muted so we can talk through the general ground rules for today's meeting. This meeting is being broadcast and recorded on the city's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand corner of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. This will make it easier for everyone to hear the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can turn your video camera on and off by clicking on the video icon. For the purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration while you are participating. If you're participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute or unmute your phone. Somewhere on your Zoom screen, you also see a choice to toggle between speaker and gallery view. Speaker view shows the active speaker. Gallery view tiles all participants. A few reminders to ensure that the provisions of the Kansas Open Meeting Act are met. As participants, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Individuals who signed up in advance to provide public comment will be called upon by name. When you are called upon, uh, please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking. The chair will then call for in-person public comment for anyone physically present. There is no one physically present. Staff will direct you to the podium to speak while following social distancing protocols if anyone shows up. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After the motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried in the count of the vote. I want to remind you again to please mute yourself when you're not speaking, and I'll now turn it back over to Chair Courtney Shipley. Thank you so much, Jessica. Um, next, let's go ahead and move on to introductions. Um, again, I'm Vice Mayor Courtney Shipley. Um, uh, let's see, I might just, <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe Jessica, can you call roll? Would that be easier or how or should we do this? Ashley. Uh, I'm Ashley Breyers, and I actually can do that. I have a sheet in front of me. Uh, so we have, if I could, when I say your name, if you could say your full name and what organization you're representing, that would be great. Uh, David Carter? Carter. Carter, Here. Okay. Uh, uh David Carter. I'm uh, 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 Lawrence Douglas County uh, Planning Commissioner. Thank you. Brad Finkeldye? Brad Finkeldye, currently mayor of the city of Lawrence. <laughs> Um, so then Patrick Kelly is not here, and Tim Reason is not here. So then we have Gregory Shanklin. Hi, I'm Greg Shanklin, uh, Planning Commissioner. Thank you. And we have Courtney Shipley. Uh, Vice Mayor Courtney Shipley, City of Lawrence. Thank you. And then we have Allison Smith. Allison Smith, KDOT Planning, here for Matt Messina. Thank you. And then... We have our FHWA representative here. Do you want to turn on your screen and wave? Yes, I'm having some issues with my screen, but this is Cecily Cochran of Federal Highway Community. Thank you for being here. And then Jeff Crick just joined us. Jeff Crick, my name is Sorry, everybody. I had a little bit of a meeting run over and is just joining the Zoom a little late there. It's great to see everybody. Thank you. And then Kimberly Taylor signed up for public comment. So I guess when we 
get to the next part, maybe we'll ask you to speak. Thank you. Uh, all right, Vice Mayor Courtney Shipley again. Um, yeah, next up is public comment. This is um, held usually for general public comment, um, not on items that we are about to already speak on. So if there's any general public comment, not about items one, two, three, and four, um, and those items there will be separate public comment on, you'll have um, time for those items to speak directly to them. So is there anyone with general public comment? Um, I'm Kimberly Taylor, resident of Lawrence, um, southwest, southwest corner of Lawrence. And I'm going to go ahead and speak now, just general um, comments, because I have to drop off at 3.30. I'm working, um, and I have a company meeting in at the half hour mark. So I just wanted to come in. I found your meeting, and it touches on a lot of things that are of interest to me and to the other residents in the southwest corner as the SLT plan starts coming forward with their revisions to the corner of 27th and Wakarusa, which is not even a quarter mile from my house. And um, their latest draft that they put forward in June and presented to the community and asked for public speaking on, I would like for this uh, planning commission and organization and all the parts of it to please look carefully, if you have not already, with their preferred plan for the 27th and Wakarusa intersection. Um, there is what they have proposed, in my opinion, in the opinion of many of my neighbors who will be directly impacted by this, um, is that it is not a safe plan for either pedestrians or bicyclists in this area. There are many children who live in my neighborhood, which is the Stoneback Place neighborhood, which has only one entrance and one exit from our neighborhood. Um, and they travel down the sidewalk and around the corner to Southwest Junior High. Um, there will, the SLT plan plans to put an on-ramp and on-ramp to the SLT bypass uh, about 50, 60 yards from the entrance of my neighborhood to be regulated by a roundabout. Um, so that's a roundabout they're proposing to put in place to regulate the on and off traffic of all westbound traffic off SL, the SLT. So that's when it's expanded to two lanes. So I don't believe that that's a great idea. There are other alternatives in their plan. And I would really like uh, this planning organization to look a little deeper since pedestrian safety and bicyclist safety really comes under your realm of suggestion and plans moving forward. I don't think it's a good idea to have a possible route to a middle school or an elementary school, not to mention, which is also over there, um, being impacted by children having to navigate around a roundabout that is being that is trying to regulate an on-ramp and an off-ramp, um, much less the normal traffic that we already have to deal with along Wakarusa, which is extremely heavy during peak times of day. So basically, anybody who was using the intersection, if they could, um, well, now probably not be able to, I wouldn't let my children walk down there. There's no way I'd let my kids walk to school on a beautiful sunny day or bike to school on a sunny day, heading towards an off-ramp roundabout. It doesn't make any sense. Um, my neighbors and I are trying to currently organize a meeting with the SLT commission that put this together. 
and we will be meeting with them at Southwest Junior High the first week of August to voice our concerns. So I would love to invite all of you when that um, is made available. I will be posting it around my neighborhood. I'm not sure who to give the meeting notes to or the time and place to, but I would invite all of you to come to that informational meeting where we voice our concerns. So that is why I'm here today. Thank you for listening to me and inviting me in. And please, again, keep our neighborhood, not only my Stoneback Place neighborhood in mind, but the neighborhoods directly across the street from me who are highly impacted by this. It's going to cut right into our neighborhoods. The off-ramp and on-ramp are going to be leveling out the green space behind my house. And we're all extremely concerned and we're trying to get our voices heard. So please remember us in your planning. Thank you. Vice Mayor Courtney Shibley. Thank you, Kimbler. I appreciate you um, coming and inviting us to that and, and um, sharing that with us and becoming involved. Um, I usually, we don't usually answer things here in public comment, but I, I do want to um, maybe coordinate if staff could coordinate with me and make sure that these concerns are answered or that we all are invited to that meeting and get the particulars. Um, I would very much like um, specific follow-up on those concerns and to keep abreast of it. Um, Kimberly, again, thank you. If you could give, make sure staff has your information. I'm particularly partial to phone calls myself. And so okay. if, <laughs> if you're meaningful to that, I would love to hear from you. Thank you. Absolutely. Again. I believe my email was registered on the meeting registry. So feel free to email me and I will give you all the information that I have time, place, and any concerns I currently have listed. Um, I'm getting, I have a Facebook group set up for folks in this neighborhood and we're soon putting together a um, newsletter to spread the word around in this neighborhood so we can get everyone organized. So I'd be happy right. to pass on that info. Thank you very much again. Thank you for your time. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager, if I can add. Uh, really, I think you're in the right place um, to be coordinating and communicating with KDOT. That's what we would refer you to. Um, it is that project is a KDOT project, um, although it does have close coordination with many departments at the city who participated both in the um, uh, environmental impact statement that you showed with the preferred alternative as well as ongoing planning related to transportation not only that uh, intersection but the remainder of the KDOT project so um, Allison Smith who is representing Matt Messina today in uh, the Kansas Department of Transportation I'm sure will also uh, pass on your comment and let them know to make sure that we are aware of whatever gets scheduled um, for a coordination between your neighborhood and KDOT thank you I appreciate you. that Jessica Allison Smith of KDOT Planning. Yes, Kimberly, I did take notes and I will pass them along to um, project staff um, as well and, and make sure that, that um, they know that you provide a comment to this body as well. Thank you. Sure. Vice Mayor Shipley again, thank you, um, Allison and Kimberly again and um, Jessica. Um, I think I might need to remind everyone before you speak to say your name um, I, uh, for the sake of minutes and clarity, uh, perhaps people only listening and not watching. Um, unless there's any other comments that staff sees, um, go ahead, Ashley. Uh, Ashley Breyers, Transportation Planner. I just got noticed that the YouTube might not be working. Um, Kurt, could you check that? Just wanted to make sure we had that going. Thank you. 
Are we good? Does Kurt say it's okay? We are on TV, but we are not on YouTube, and we will have to upload the video after the meeting to YouTube. Is um, that all right for the sake of public notification? Are we in a safe space there? I don't, obviously, Sherry's not here to tell me, but maybe someone yeah. else knows. We're good? I, I believe we're okay because if somebody was watching, they could sign up to participate. Okay. Uh, Vice Mayor Shibley. All right. It sounds like we're in a safe space here to continue. Um, so, again, there's no other public comment that staff sees. All right, then let's go ahead and move on to the approval of minutes from April 15th. Um, hoping everyone had a chance to go over those or rewatch the meeting. Um, do I have a motion to approve? So moved. Do I have a second? Allison Smith, KDOT, second. Very good. Vice Mayor Shipley, um, Ashley, can you call the roll? Sure. Ashley Breyer, Transportation Planner. I'm just going to be uh, in alphabetical order by last name. So, Carter? I would ask to abstain since I was not at that meeting. Okay. Think I'll die? Aye. Shanklin? I'll need to abstain as well. Courtley? Uh, I'm sorry. Shipley? <laughs> Aye. Smith? Aye. Right. So the motion passes three to zero with two abstentions. Uh, very good. Uh, thank you. Uh, and now we can move on to the regular agenda items. The first item I believe will be brought to us by Ashley Breyers. This is the Lawrence Douglas County Intelligent Transportation Systems Plan. Yes, thank you. So I'm going to share my screen. My name is Ashley Breyers and I am transportation planner and I'm going to go over the draft intelligent transportation systems plan or ITS is how it's commonly referred to. And ITS is, or the intelligent transportation systems plan is something that we are federally required to do. We have very specific documents that we need to do on a regular basis. And this is one of them. And so intelligent transportation systems is all about using technology to make transportation run more smoothly. And so this diagram shows the way that traffic signals are connected to the traffic center and how they could all be coordinated and work together with, let's say, emergency vehicles so they make sure they get a green light. That is an intelligent transportation system product. The last plan was completed in 2015. And so we did a minor update this time. And it was really just to make sure that the projects were still accurate and that the goals were reflecting the new transportation plan, the long range transportation plan called Transportation 2040, which was completed in 2018. We had a steering committee made up of people there. And we met four times with very specific reasons over Zoom. And so we have our Zoom. Uh, picture from the steering committee. The ITS plan is 
tied together with Transportation 2040, the Long Range Plan, and also the Transportation Improvement Program, or the TIP, which is the short-range implementation document of Transportation 2040. And they help implement the goals from Transportation 2040. So all the projects that are in the ITS plan are listed and matched with the four goals from Transportation 2040. And then when projects are submitted to be included in the short range document, the Transportation Improvement Program, project sponsors need to provide information to ensure that it's consistent with the plan. So the ITS plan, so that way we are moving forward in a consistent direction. These are the projects that are included in the Intelligent Transportation System Plan. The green ones were added through this planning process. And one that's indicated in blue was removed because it felt a little redundant with some other ones. And so we added it in with the event and incident management improvements. The financial aspect of the plan was a little hard to do because it was hard to estimate how much it would cost to do all of these things, especially dealing with the project number eight, the alternative fuels or low to no emissions infrastructure and vehicles program, because we were looking at how much would it cost to change over the entire city fleet, including fleet and operations, 782 vehicles. Well, that's a lot of of vehicles and it includes diggers and you know, trash trucks and all those kind of things. And so uh, we figured that could be figured out as the appropriate technology is um, selected. But in the end, we have a total cost of 28 million to 63 million with those un- unknown costs of all the vehicles and a couple of other projects. We have all the projects in the plan, but I was just going to highlight three projects so you can kind of get a feel for what's in there. So the, this is the fiber communications expansion program. And this map here shows where the fiber communications master plan shows that new fiber should be put in so that signals can be connected so they can all work together and be faster along with technology. The dynamic message science project is another one, and the kind of the smaller dots, tealish color, I guess, are the ones that are now along K10, and the orange ones are all ones that we identified as potential future locations. And part of the planning process was discussing how that all works and how we could share information and work with KDOT to put information on the science on K10 and maybe coordinate with Kansas City if we needed to. And then transit traveler information improvements. So having boards at specifically the transfer facility that would say how long it would be until the next bus arrives. We have that information in apps currently, but having it on a board like that would make it even more easy and user-friendly for people to know how long they need to wait. We had a 15-day public comment period. We ended up with three public comments, two which were positive and one that thought we should do more walkability uh, things to reduce dependency on cars. And those public comments were attached to the agenda as well with our staff response to them. The uh, technical or transportation technical TAC, what is that? Technical alternatives, no, advisory committee, there we go. Too many acronyms. Um, recommended approval on July 6th. 
I don't think I have any more slides. Yeah, I don't. Do you have any questions for me about that? I will stop sharing my screen. There we go. Vice Mayor Shibley, are there any uh, questions um, from the board? I'm not seeing any. I have a couple actually. Um, again, Vice Mayor Shipley. Um, to what extent, I mean, I see that this is something that's compulsory, but to what extent does this create coordination um, or access to grant funding that perhaps these entities are um, not aware of or um, not normally trying to access, to what extent are does this help them? Or I, I hate to see it, this just be very disembodied information that other departments aren't accessing. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. So I think the answer to this is this planning process provides the mechanism to bring all the players who are responsible for operating and programming these programs and projects in city and local budgets, whether that be Douglas County or at KDOT or even our, you know, partners at friends at Mark, like at Casey Scout, um, who are doing this type of work. So these processes lend for coordination and relationship building in that sense to start identifying um, connectivity or, or programs or projects. To that extent, it doesn't necessarily open up new grant funding. However, um, any federal funding that is expended on anything that's a identified in the plan or any future improvements needs to be consistent with this plan. So when we identify projects in the transportation improvement program next month, like for example, when we look at amending that document, which programs transportation projects in the short range that local governments have funded, we, we ask project sponsors, one of the things that they have to fill out and tell us is, is it consistent with the ITS plan? Um, and so lack of consistency um, could lead to questions about about funding um, and it a part of that that's part of the reason why um, this is a required document um, to have is because they want to make sure the feds particularly but I think it makes good sense for everyone to make sure that if you're investing in technologies it's going to speak to and work with all of the other technologies in the region hopefully that answered your question okay Vice Mayor Shipley yeah that that does help um uh, this may be just an example of, of what you're suggesting. For example, the electric car replacement fleet, we, we glancingly discussed that in a budget meeting the other day in Lawrence. And um, I just want to be sure for my part um, that there's coordination between um, you and, and whatever study we may or may not have in the future. Sometimes it's, it's unclear even to us that some of the departments are talking. Of course, they may be doing it just um, where we're unaware. So I just want to, I don't want overlap of services because of miscommunication or non-communications. I just may be something I'm not aware of. Yeah. And just more into transportation planning manager. For example, well, in that instance, we talk to city of Lawrence fleet managers about this as we're trying to put together work with, you know, our, uh, MSO, um, engineers to build, um, these kind of programs and projects that we know at a high level are identified in the strategic plan, in the long range plan. Um, and so 
it's our, we're not creating this work on our own. And that's some of the stuff when we started talking about the unknowns is they're not there yet on the work. So we can't identify things until some of that programmatic stuff has been done at that level. And if we would need to, there is a process to amend this document as that work is done, if we need to keep it consistent. And we will keep track of that. And um, there's a process identified in the plan to evaluate on a regular basis with all the stakeholders that participate in that if there's a need to update. So we don't necessarily have to wait kind of to that five-year cycle to update that we typically are on for a lot of our plans and projects. If there is a need to identify, to go back and reevaluate, we can do that as we need to. Thank you again, Vice Mayor Courtney Shipley. And then one other thing, I did read the comments and I had a similar thought to one of the comments, which was about the security of technological information, for example, license plate um, information, or even, and we know with cameras at intersections can um, deliver quite a bit of information that people may be uncomfortable with. Um, and I, I wondered if you could address any of those issues for me in terms of safety of people's private information. I can as far as to say. Mr. Morton, your transportation planning manager, it's an issue we're aware of um, in terms of thinking about cameras and detection in general. Um, most of the, well, some of the equipment that we do like traffic counts with doesn't have capabilities enough to be able to detect um, in any way like faces. Do you know what I mean? Like some of our bike ped counters or our traffic counters, even the ones that do video, it's very granular. It's not high enough quality and they're not putting that level of camera in that equipment. I do think that any program that does get implemented that has concerns about personal data or data storage would need to comply with each gov independent government's um, rules for that type of stuff. So that would really be the responsibility of the city or the county or KDOT to develop any regulations they would need to around maintaining privacy and access to information and data. Vice Mayor Shipley, thank you. That helps me um, and hopefully if anyone is paying attention, I would hope that would help the public um, in their advocacy of people that share those kinds of concerns. Um, I think that's all the questions unless some arose while we were speaking. Uh, it looks like we're okay. Um, is there anyone who uh, would like to make a motion on this item? I'm looking for the actual language, but I'd move to approve the, the, the tip. I mean, the ITS plan, excuse me, ITS plan. Vice Mayor Shibley, can I get a second? Oh, Can sorry. First, did we need to open it to ask if there's public comment? Someone else has joined the meeting. I just looked in the chat. Sorry, that took me a second to look to see. You're correct. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, is there any public comment that anyone that staff can see? Okay. So I see none. Jessica Moore, your transportation planning manager. Great. Thank you very Thank much. You. I think we can uh, keep uh, Mayor Finkelday's motion. Did uh, I have a second? I see uh, Commissioner Shanklin. Yes, I'll second. Very good. Um, Ashley, can you do the roll? Yes, thank you. Ashley Barrios, Transportation Planner. Carter? Yes. Finkelby? Yes. Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? 
Yes. Smith. Yes. All right, motion passes five to zero. Well, thank you. Um, let's move on to the second item, which is the countywide bike plan. And I believe that Jessica will be talking to us about that. Okay. Are you seeing the display screen? Yeah. Okay. They're seeing the correct one? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Jessica, you're talking. You're muted. They can see it, but they can't hear me. Except for it won't let me click that, Kurt. Oh, no. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. You can see it, but you can't hear me. Um, we want to present to you today the countywide bikeway plan for your consideration and approval. Um, this plan really began in late 2018 um, as we went to update the regional um, bikeway plan, the previous countywide bikeway plan, which encompassed all of the cities and the unincorporated areas. As we got into that plan development process, we quickly realized there was really a need to have two separate plans, a Lawrence Bikes plan, um, which we have previously already completed, and then this plan, which um, encompasses the unincorporated parts of Douglas County, um, the city of Eudora, Baldwin City, and Lecompton. And so that represents those areas um, in, the, in the planning. Um, we ended up realizing that most of the momentum around bikeway planning um, and what we needed to do and why we needed to update the plan was we had a lot of various bikeway plans. So we had trail parks and rec trails master plans. We were working on ongoing safe routes to school planning in Eudora and Baldwin City. And that's part of the reason why we put a hold on some of the work we were doing is we recognize the momentum, particularly in Eudora and Baldwin City, was around bikeways for safe routes to school and some of the sidewalk infrastructure. And so we wanted an opportunity to make sure we were finding consistencies between those um, planning alignments. Um, we really heard a call from the public for uh, the a work on con developing continuous, low-stress, comfortable bikeways. And so this plan really reflects that in terms of introducing some new bikeway types, but also recognizing that facility design must be done based on that factor of comfort. Um, so we include a lot of that design standard and criteria in this, in this document. We also have a more holistic approach to bikeway planning, particularly tying it to safe routes to school planning where we've seen so much momentum. But recognizing bikeway planning is not just about engineering and what we design, although that's a large part of it. It's also about how we educate, encourage, enforce, and evaluate our systems. Um, and this plan um, establishes performance measures that we can add to the next, what we envision to be the next um, long-range transportation plan where we hadn't had bike-specific measures very extensive bike-specific measures for each location. We did a lot of public in, uh, conversation with the community just uh, building the case for why bicycling related to health, environmental benefits, um, economic development, mobility, safety. Um, and we had those conversations. Ah! in the community. Um, and part of the public process, we asked people um, to tell us why they love to bike. Um, and these are a couple pictures of uh, residents um, in in the parts of the, um, in Eudora and um, Baldwin City, parts of Unincorporated County, telling us um, about the freedom that bicycling brings to them. And so that's a valued part of the process. As part of the public comment process, again, 
we um, talk about that level of comfort and you can see the majority of respondents tell us um, this, what we've shown you here in this call, even though we had a lot more extensive survey work, you'll see some of the Lawrence numbers later. Um, but even though if this, this is just the people who indicated they lived in unincorporated Douglas County or one of the other cities, Baldwin City, Eudora, or LeCompton. But um, this followed the majority of the response that we got for all of the residents in Douglas County, which basically says that the majority of people said they would uh, feel more comfortable. If they felt more comfortable bicycling, they would do so more often. Um, we looked at why, um, the reasons why people tell us uh, they don't bicycle. And while we can't do anything about the weather, um, and there's some longer term conversations I think that we can have depending on land use in terms of how far the destination is away, recognizing what the built environment looks like in terms of dedicated facilities and about personal safety, um, both, both from unsafe road conditions, but also um, a driver behavior, um, you can see that there are some things that we can, we believe we can uh, address and approach um, with the strategies that we've identified in the plan. Um, we asked people, respondents, and remember this is self-selected, so we take this um, you know, in that grain, um, but the respondents to the survey really overall felt like the, the needs of people who bicycle should be prioritized along with other modes. And so um, we kind of hear that, and I'm sure when we talk about it in the long range plan, we'll get a larger participation um, for some of that. But I think there's growing desire to have uh, increased safe, comfortable bikeways. We asked people very specifically when we get into some of the design stuff later, we had a visual preference survey and we asked, we showed um, various facility types and we asked people about their level of comfort. We also asked them about the similar level of comfort if they bike with children um, to find this out. But this would be um, the respondents talking about uh, up here is protected infrastructure. And as you go down, um, you're going to no, no bikeways. And you can see um, the level of comfort here um, in this very comfortable or somewhat comfortable grows as you increase the protection um, in the separation of the facility types. And this trend um, in responses that we got follows a lot of the national literature that we're looking at in terms of comfort related to roadway speed and traffic volumes. And so when we look at these bikeway types in the design guide, this very closely follows that. So um, the, the call for separated facilities really happens as you show increased traffic volumes and increased speed. Um, we have a very specific, the vision is similar to, to the Lawrence uh, vision, but it's a bikeway network that supports safety and comfortable riding for all. Um, and some very specific goals um, with uh, performance targets that we can hit in here in terms of reducing the number of bicycle rider fatalities and serious injuries through 2030. Um, we're looking at in for Douglas County to um, consider and improve separation and distance of roadside safety during road improvement projects. So often that looks like paved shoulders, um, which is an initiative um, that the county uh, is taking and we hope continues to take to implement bikeways throughout the county. Um, and then for Baldwin City and Eudora, um, we have very specific links to the, the number of miles we're looking to increase and connections, uh, particularly the critical connection of the K-10 crossing um, that we really hope, um, you know, that we can bring momentum to working on an, an implemented solution uh, with KDOT.
We also have a goal in here about to install and implement the American Discovery Trail in the U.S. Bike Network. One of the things we heard in previous planning that we've done, multimodal in the county, is the need to really tie in and make sure our plan connects some of these intra-county um, routes. Um, and there's some ongoing work by different coalitions to do this. And so we uh, communicated with them and M uh, MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee members to look at where those routes could be established both now um, based on existing infrastructure and future locations based on where facilities might develop at higher levels of comfort where alignments could be changed. Um, this is kind of our action table, so you can see kind of each of the cities and where we call for responsibilities in each of the very detailed plans looking at stuff. It includes things like enforcing the rules of the road, um, promoting the county right, uh, bicycle rideability map, which is a product um, of the MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee, um, their, their work, um, identifying that and funded. We're working, we're in the process of updating that now. Um, we're looking at other um, bikeway network impl implementation we discussed um, and then of course there's some uh, there's some other even more specific plans around planning and installing three-foot passing law education signs bicycle parking amenities and other ability to track the performance measures that of the work that we've done in this plan um, while you can't see every line here, we want to show you kind of holistically. This includes the Lawrence portion of the map connected to the Downey, Douglas County portion of the map, and all the maps in the plan will be web apps, so you can um, click on them and zoom in and out and see kind of the inter interface. Um, for the Lawrence plan, much of the plan, um, if it was an unknown alignment, we left it as just a future bikeway. Uh, for most of the county sections, we looked at what we would expect um, based on that design comfort to give a little more indication, particularly to Eudora and Baldwin City of where to start um, with the engineers that they might consult with as they do work in those communities based off some of the level of comfort that we assessed and what we heard from as part of the community. The plan also, so you can see, it has consistent networks for Eudora and Baldwin City and LeCompton as well. Um, and this incorporates really their visions for the, from their Parks and Rec Master Plan and is consistent with the Safe Routes to School planning um, for entire networks um, of ability. Um, and each of those uh, networks is included in the plan. We talked a little bit about those interstate and intercounty routes, um, and you can see them identified kind of in these shadowed lines across our county. Um, and there's some options that I mentioned as, you know, as the Baldwin City uh, Trail might get developed, that this could be an alternative alignment in the future, although it is not adequate at this point in time. So we did some of that work um, in coordinating that project, those processes with the specific coalitions and with KDOT. We talked a little bit about um, the, that level of comfort, and so we have included in the design guide um, the you know this this call for the major separation, minor separation, and shared streets, and all of the future bikeways are kind of broken down into those categories based on those levels of comfort. Um, it's tied to the bikeway design guide that's in the plan, which ties together all of the standards. Um, for all of the bikeway types based on some of the national best standards for design practices. This is a valuable amenity, we believe, um, for our uh, community partners. Um, but really here, same as in the Lawrence plan, it's consistent throughout Douglas County, um, looking at speed and volume and where appropriate facility types are um, as, as designs get laid out for bikeways. 
We had a public comment period from May 6th to June 5th, um, and we got three responses um, at the last point, and they just all were in so asked to answer the question if they were in support of the plan. They all indicated they were in support. At that point, you know, this is, we've already done our public engagement. Um, nobody had any additional comments, uh, specific comments about, about the plan. Um, TAC recommended approval on July 6th, and the MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee recommended approval at their July 8th meeting which we hadn't updated before we sent out posted the agenda, so that's not on here. Um, I'd be happy to entertain any questions or comments you may have about anything we have in the county-wide um, bikeway plan. Jessica, there is one more slide. Thank you. What is it? Oh, oh yes. Don't let me forget. It, we changed the presentation. Oh. Since, the, since both TAC and MPOBAC uh, made their recommendations, we have two, uh, two errors that we found in the layer of the map. Uh, well, one's not an error, I guess. One is a change. Um, KDOT had a separate alignment of the what we called the K what they called the K10 smart corridor. Um, basically, from when they completed the rest of K10, um, there wasn't a shared use path built uh, from this section from Haskell. Um, to here, and I know they were had limited right away in much of this section, um, and so we move we moved this alignment back to the alignment of the K10 Smart Corridor to match KDOT's alignment in this area to be closer to hopefully some of the development that we would see. The other thing is we recognize that there was a missing connection. Um, it was drawn as a road line and not as a as a future bikeway um, between these two sections. And so we made that connection as was intended um, in the plan process uh, as updates. Um, but we, just as we were getting ready to export maps, realized that in the last week, so we wanted to draw your attention to that. Okay, I think that's it now. Sorry, thank you, Ashley. Vice Mayor Shipley, are there any questions? I'm not saying anything, Vice Mayor Shipley. I, I want to ask a question I, I feel like I do ask a lot, which is, um, great. Um, now, what, how does multimodal get a hold of this and hold our feet to the fire with it? Where, you know, we're in the budget, we're a lot of us in our budget um, seasons. Um, how do we make sure these are filtering down as soon as possible into um, actual um, transportation projects and street projects? Um, you know, does the planning commission, um, also get this kind of information? Um, they do have some tangential, should have some tangential understanding of it. Um, can you talk to me about how this, um, reaches the bodies that need it? Right. Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager. So this doesn't change anything in the Lawrence bikes plan. That plan has already been adopted and approved. So in terms of Lawrence-specific stuff. But for the county, we will go through after MPO policy board consideration. We will approach the county and all of the cities, so Eudora, Baldwin City, and Lecompton, and ask them um, to adopt the plan. Um, it was done and worked in, uh, formed in partnership with them and their representatives on the MPO Bicycle Advisory Committee. Um, and we will work to get that approval process. 
process done. Once the MPO policy board has approved it, this is really a contingent factor because it's viewed as the regional plan. So any city that wants to implement bikeways is looking for consistency with this plan, particularly when they're applying for grant funding from transportation alternatives funding to KDOT. That's the largest bicycle and pedestrian standalone projects. Um, but it also could have relevant impacts to, for example, the US Highway US 56 KDOT um, Ike project. Um, because, for example, with that roadway, that's on as a future bikeway in the countywide bikeway plan. And so we would be looking at the conversation with KDOT through the design of that project, which uh, about shoulders right? Paved shoulders and what that looks like for a safety amenity. Um, it's something that once we ask those cities for their specific adoption, then it really falls onto them for implementation. But we know of ongoing conversations um, all of those communities are having about the work that we have done, whether it be Right now, whether it be the bikeway plan, particularly thinking about the K-10 bridge over um, in Eudora, the bridge over K-10 for bike and ped, there are currently, um, you know, they have schools separated um, in their community and a bridge over an, a highway interstate with no bike ped facility. So, um, kids or people in their community are literally walking in the travel lanes through the on and off ramps. And that's why that was a really critical connection we identified in this plan and the safe routes plan um, to hopefully prioritize and elevate in that conversation for improvement. And we know they're working on that. Um, likewise, um, Baldwin City is working on additional implementation of trail sections that are identified in this plan as, you know, as well as that. So it really falls on them, but we often are asked to provide letters of support um, for any applications they're doing for funding. And that's where we uh, check that the project that they're proposing to fund is consistent with the planning work uh, that we have done um, in their communities. Thanks, Mayor Shapley. Thank you very much. Um, uh, unless there's any other questions, um, I would ask for a motion to, uh, I would ask for any motions. <laughs> and move for approval. Uh, this is Mayor Finkelai. Move for approval of the county. Wait, by do we need a public comment? <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Vice Mayor Shipley. Is there any public comment that staff sees? Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. There's no one in person and I see none online. Thank you. Vice Mayor Shipley, thank you again. Again, uh, Mayor Finkeldye has made a motion. Is there a second? David uh, Carter, second. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, thank you. Um, now, Ashley, can you call roll for us? Yes. Ashley Breyer's transportation planner. Carter? Yes. Dinkledye? Yes. Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Smith? Yes. Motion passes five to zero. Thank you. Very good. Vice Mayor Shipley, um, our third item is the Lawrence Pedestrian Plan Steering Committee, and I believe this is Jessica again. 
just the mortgage or transportation planning manager. So have for your consideration today, the work that we've identified in our unified planning work program um, is an update to the regional pedestrian plan that was originally approved in 2016. Um, as part of that work, we have, like the bikeway plans, um, made a decision to split the plans to a Lawrence plan and an unincorporated Eudora or Baldwin City and LeCompton section of the plan in the in a countywide section. Um, so part of the reason uh, we did that is because of our findings kind of really to, dil to dilute and take the time of all of our participation in a lot of the cities. We want to be really specific to the work we're we're doing and not everybody is in the same place. Um, in terms of the the phasing and uh, intensity of implementation they're doing um, in regard to pedestrian planning and implementation. So we have for your consideration a draft um, steering committee that we are proposing to guide the work of the Lawrence pedestrian plan update. Um, we know there's been a lot of work done um, that we need to rectify and document as part of the process as well as go back out and consult the public on some remaining questions and we will work with that group to kind of develop and finalize the draft scope that we're that we're starting to form. Um, we would entertain any conversation. We've kind of phrased, framed this steering committee similar to how we did the transit route redesign um, work where we have steering committee membership and then we have a lot of staff advisors. So we, are, um, we found that there's a lot of interest in kind of having this staff advisor role participate for positions like an ADA compliance manager or equity inclusion, um, equity and inclusion director. But those, those are really staff um, support to guide that process and review that process as opposed to kind of our steering committee and community guidance um, for developing that plan. So this is kind of a, a newer way um, that we've done this. Um, so I just wanted to point that out as well. But I would entertain any conversation if you feel like there's a voice we're missing or we, we need uh, additional perspective um, of advisors or membership. The TAC recommended approval of this list um, at their meeting. This is Mayor Finkelheim. I was curious about um, some representation from the schools. I mean, so much of our, our uh, I mean, from the K through 12 schools, I mean, we do a lot with um, safe routes to schools. And I'm not sure who, if, the, if there's a district person, but I, I didn't really see that angle on here. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. We talked about that internally, and we've also talked about that with the Technical Advisory Committee. Um, we kind of intentionally didn't include them in this process. They are very involved in our work group process in terms of at a staff level on the safe routes to school planning. I don't anticipate this work. We just finished those plans. We're looking at updating it again tonight. There's process in place for all of the work around um, school stuff that's happening in all of the communities. Um, and so while we intend to be consistent with those, we are really beyond that point in looking at gaps, um, kind of in some solutions for that type of engagement. So kind of in the draft scope of work that we're looking at for this plan, we recognize there's some conversations we want to have in the community around access to healthy food, access to park destinations, access to transit, as we think about 
like sidewalk networks and access where we've already done all of the work related to access to schools as part of the safe routes to school planning. Um, and then like we have some technical work to do around um, like with the community at large about identifying prioritized locations we believe for crossing improvements and some crossing improvement um, like design guidelines for identifying how those would begin to be prioritized you know, in the Lawrence um, non-motorized prioritization process for retrofits. It could also um, be those, those are kind of the two big things we see this plan addressing in terms of gaps. Um, we also have begun some extent, um, some an analysis based on the transportation disadvantaged population layer that we've done, which is a combination of demographic information from our community to represent populations that have historically and nationally seen disadvantages in accessing uh, mode choices and transportation. And we are beginning to explore like in a geographic way throughout Lawrence, how sidewalk network distribution happens within those areas to address, to see if we can address if there's equity and disparity considerations in relation to some of our most vulnerable populations. So, that's kind of, the, and so I'm willing to entertain that conversation if you still would like us to invite the school. We, we talked about it. Um, we had their engagement in the Safe Routes to School process. I'm not, not, gonna, I'm not sure they're going to see this as their work. Um, these will all be public meetings and public process, and I would imagine if we would change anything or look at, explore anything in relation specifically to schools that we could invite them, um, but that's not the kind of the scope that we've drafted based on the outstanding needs that we've heard identified with Multimodal Transportation Commission or other engagement is really larger pedestrian issues that are outside of the school scope. Mayor Finkelai, thank you, Jessica. That was a good, a good answer. <laughs> glad you had thought about it. I'll let you, yeah, you saw into the brain of what we're like, where's all yeah. the process fit together. Yeah. Well, that was helpful. And okay. so, no, I, I think given that explanation, I, I think you're right. I mean, um, given what they're working on, so I'm, I'm fine with okay. as a proposed. Okay. And Jessica Moore, your transportation planning manager, I think the key thing too is our whole community, right? Because we tr can, we have neighborhood schools. When we make neighborhood sidewalk improvements, kids like adults people that live in our neighborhoods are going to benefit and so a lot of that planning work it will probably v benefit communities that include children um, but it won't be targeted necessarily just to specific school access uh, any other questions vice mayor shipley Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, I see um, two spots um, on staff um, have not been filled, Parks and Rec um, and University of Kansas, not our staff, but someone's staff. Um, do we have a, um, a line on how or if those are going to be filled? For my part, I think Parks and Rec should be far more involved in these issues than they have in the past, so I would be happy. I know that they're extremely busy, but um, is there someone uh, volunteering or about queued up to do this? Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager, um, particularly in relationship to parks, we know they're interested. They've shared some grant opportunities with us around safe routes to parks planning grants um, that they've seen before. And we kept we have told them, yes, why don't we just do that in our pedestrian plan? And um, so 
they're aware of that. We just haven't sent this, unlike all of these other people who we have worked more closely with in more recent times to kind of figure out who that is on that, we just haven't asked them who they're going to appoint to that process. Likewise with KU, I don't actually, there's, KU staff has had a bunch of turnover, so we just recently got a new MPO policy board representative from KU, so we would ask likely them who that would be. We have yet to meet them, though. And um, then I see two, it looks like two spots, sorry, Vice Mayor Shipley, um, it looks like two spots from this board need to be appointed, one that is also a planning commissioner. Um, how does that normally play out? Um, so we're looking at uh, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Our consideration would be the establishment of this committee, and then we would expect to put on the next agenda um, a consideration, so it can be vetted in a public agenda to make that to make that appointment from volunteers of the committee. Um, we were really trying to gear that kind of at the planning commission repre representative um, in, in hopes that they're one interested, but also that it's really pertinent to some of their work for the cross uh, collaboration. Um, the at-large appointee is going to be a new one. And so we would hopefully hope to work um, with you, Vice Mayor uh, Shipley to identify how we want to do that process. We have, um, we have yet to, this is our first steering committee that we've put um, an at-large position. It was recommended to us to kind of be able to start to address maybe some of the equity considerations that we might have as we look at some of the other appointments. Um, and so I think we could, if you have feedback about that, we'd be happy to take that and work with you to propose something prior to the August meeting to make both of those appointments. It will, since many of these are committees or groups that meet um, monthly, um, and or less, you know, less regularly, um, we would give them through August to kind of make those appointments um, to that process. Vice Mayor Shibley, great. Thank you for <laughs> helping me with that. <laughs> um, if there are no other questions that arose, not seeing anyone motioning, um, I would, oops, I got to get back to my agenda here. Um, see if there are any motions we're looks like we're um establishing something so are there any motions? public comment ah! <laughs> ah! Okay. yes is there any public comment on this item I'm not seeing any. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. There's no one in the room, and we are not seeing any indication online. Thank you. Vice Mayor Shipley. Now, are there any motion? Mayor Finkel, I move to establish the Owens Pedestrian Planning Steering Committee. Vice Mayor Shipley, are there any seconds? David Carter, second. Vice Mayor Shibley, Ashley, can you call the roll for us? Yep. Ashley Breyer, Transportation Planner. Carter? Yes. Michael Dye? Yes. Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Smith? Yes. 
Motion passes five to zero. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, uh, our last regular agenda item is the Lawrence Safe Routes to School Plan Amendment number one. And I believe that is Ashley. Oh, is Ashley doing it? Yes, I'm Ashley Byers, Transportation Planner. Jessica, were you pointing at me? <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I'm gonna share my screen. Let's see, okay. And then I discovered how to do this cool presentation mode. Well, I guess I can't zoom though. So maybe it's not very cool. Okay, the Lawrence Safe Rest to School plan was completed in November of 2020, and it took about two years to do. And then we found out recently that Kennedy Elementary is evolving into a full-time um, Kennedy Early Childhood Community Center and no longer acting as a, just an elementary school. So we realized we needed to amend the routes that are in the plan to reflect this change. The school district provided us with anonymized student data so we could map them and look at heat maps to see where there were clusters of students who would be now attending their new schools. So Kennedy School students are now split up between New York, Cordley, and Prairie Park. And when we looked at those clusters of students uh, and the schools they were attending, the working group uh, made up of uh, MSO people, people from the school, uh, people, us, other people, uh, thought that it makes sense to extend the routes in the ways that are circled here. And so I'll zoom in on that. So Cordley School route is shown in this orange color. And the part that's highlighted in blue is being added to Cordley. And then Prairie Park Elementary is shown here in the orange color. And the part being added to Prairie Park is shown in purple. This black area here was the old Kennedy route. And so this part that's not also highlighted in purple is going away. Then we looked at projects because when you remove the Kennedy School, then some of the projects go away as well. So two Pedestrian projects went away. One bike project that was on Harper just switched to be now a Prairie Park project. And it was extended a little bit because of the route changes. And then a couple of more projects were added in to reflect the changes. So there's a new sidewalk on 19th project, a new bike project on 19th Harper Street, and then a Haskell Avenue bike project. The other change that's part of this amendment is the school asked us to change all the places where we were talking about what the school was going to do in regards to Safe Russell School to change it from shall to should throughout the document. And so that's part of what we're doing with this amendment. And then this is a list of all the changes. Surprisingly, when you remove a school from the list uh, from a plan, it's in a lot of places. So we had to remove it from maps and other lists. So here's an example of the change. This is the old map where Kennedy was shown in this purple color. And now the new map, Kennedy's not there. And then so forth, I scroll through that. But uh, those that's what this amendment is for. The TAC 
recommended approval at their meeting. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, I will stop sharing my screen somehow. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I'd add a couple things. One, uh, multimodal transportation. Commission also recommended approval at their meeting. Um, and then we were surprised Monday night to learn that the school board had, um, when we had acknowledged to them that we would work on the process to these changes, um, they went ahead and approved the MOU based on the condition that we told them we would begin to work on this. So um, part of our conversation with the school board was to, and one of the actions in the Safe Routes to School Plan is to formalize the working group relationship between the City of Lawrence and USD 497 um, to begin to both implement and coordinate on Safe Routes to School implementation, but also other things like a Lawrence School Area Traffic Control Policy that is under consideration and review by the Multimodal Transportation Commission. So that's some action we weren't expecting um, that MOU uh, to have going, gone so quickly. We had actually sent it to City of Lawrence Legal for review, and so we're still pending that um, to assume that we can move forward. Um, but they must have been under the assumption in our, in our communication that we had already done that as we are working on that process right now. This will still need to, even after your consideration today, go to a future Lawrence City Commission meeting um, because this Safe Routes to School plan has also been adopted by the City of Lawrence. <laughs> Vice Mayor Shipley, are there any questions? Uh, Commissioner Shanklin. Hi, Greg Shanklin, uh, Planning Commissioner. Um, this is a, just a question for staff. It seems like when you make deletions of the Kennedy quantitative information from some of your charts, it might also have the effect of increasing uh, just, you know, Prairie Park and Cordley, for example, in those same charts. And so will those quantities, number of students, percentages, those sorts of things also adjust? Uh, Ashley Briars, Transportation Planner. So yes and no. We adjusted on, let me share my screen again to show where we adjusted and where we didn't. Um, so this chart table has not been adjusted, um, but this table has. So because of the change, Cordley's mileage changed and so, so did their percentages, and same thing with Gray Park. I, yes, I, I see that chart. Um, I was thinking about similar uh, changes on, let's see, it's um, page 51 and 63 in the packet. Yeah, um, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about like percentage of kids who live within certain boundaries. Schools. Of or like that one too. Yeah. That one, okay, is one of them. Yeah. yeah. So those were kind of point in time analyses that we did as part of the plan, and we would anticipate that those really would change every year. And we don't, as part of the planning process, update those every year. So that's one of the reasons why we didn't in this process kind of update those, that we wouldn't plan to update those without an amendment. I think if there was 
interest in us in like for some reason if there was a way they were trying to prioritize projects by potential use or potential crossing or um, pro, you know like some sort of intensity we could do that as a process we just were not because it's more of a static point and a plan and not a program um, we hadn't intended to update those okay well thanks that, that's a great explanation um an explanatory footnote might work but um yeah not you know not necessary thanks yep sorry uh vice mayor shibley uh commissioner carter uh, thank you, David Carter, Planning Commissioner. Um, on the question of shall versus should, I'm wondering, Jessica, if you can offer some examples of, or excuse me, uh, Ashley, if you can offer some examples of what specific types of responsibilities or obligations have are, are proposed to be changed, and if that alters the relationship with uh, with the city in any way. Actually, I'm going to answer this one for you. Jessica Moore, transportation planning manager. I'm the one who had to stand in front of the school. Right, to have this conversation with them. Um, so this USD 497 participated, they uh, provided staff to participate in the informal work group that was, that served as the steering committee to this planning process. When we took this plan to them um, originally, we took it as an action item on their agenda requesting them to adopt the plan. Um, at that point in time, um, they elected without really consulting us in the meeting to just pull it from that, um, uh, uh, from an action item on the plan and chose to just receive the plan. Um, in their conversation, their school board members said this is not a school product it is not our plan the responsibility of safe routes is the responsibility of the city that's what we got told at that point in time um, we came back to them with a so they chose to receive it we uh, went through the approval process um, and the city adopted the plan um, and then we went back to work on starting the implementation of the plan one of which is the first an M uh, memorandum of understanding that is the terms for how the city and the school district can work together to implement safe routes um, and we took that back. We thought we had language that everybody had agreed to. And again, it got put on for them as a motion to accept the agreement. And again, it was pulled off um, by a member who, again, expressed that it was not their plan and they had concerns about the language, anything that pertained to um, recommendations of things they should do. The things they were most concerned about um, that they mentioned specifically are in relation to crossing guards, um, particularly any financial contribution for crossing guards because i believe somewhere in the plane we say actually could they could um, be asked to share in that cost um, we also have a recommendation about volunteer crossing guards and or when we have crossing guard absences in operating the program that maybe we could have a partnership with usd 497 so their staff could help us fill those absences instead of it being parking staff um, and they were unwilling at that point then to sign the agreement that said we would work together to implement safe routes because they did not support um, those recommendations that came out of that planning process. There are many other recommendations in the plan related to USD 497 in terms of education. They're ongoing doing work with um, Lawrence Douglas County Public Health um, in relation to developing pedestrian education um, curriculum, um, the bike lessons and safety education, 
that they have developed and, and worked with public health to get grants and fund in on bike, bike education in the classrooms. Um, different schools at a school level have chose to participate in bike and walk to school days. Um, they have distributed the safe routes to school maps that have been a partnership of this process and development and we're uh, working on new maps. So there are many things they are participating on, um, but those are kind of the biggest concern that they had and the reason why they've requested that change. From our perspective, it doesn't. The fact that they didn't adopt the plan and that they don't perceive it at their plan is really going to be contingent on having the MOU, so we can get people at the table in a formal way, working together to make progress on implementation. And from our perspective, that's a more valuable thing than to have a word "shall" in a plan um, in terms of getting us somewhere for implementation on any of these issues. We um, even saw. I mean, even the city could have an adopted plan, um, and still each of those budget decisions or future conversations requires action of the body. And um, we had kind of indicated that to them. And even though they did chose not to adopt the plan, they felt that to be unsatisfactory and had made the request um, for us to change the language from shall to should. Thank you, David Carter, Planning Commissioner. That's super helpful. Really appreciate it. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, any other questions? Is there any public comment? Jessica, um, transportation planning manager, I see none. Vice Mayor Shipley, I might want to return this to us for a little bit of discussion. The MOU thing threw me out for a loop there at the end. Um, if it's not too strange for you, I might. Um, call on Mayor Finkelday. What are your thoughts here? Oh, no comment. I was wondering about that too. Um, and um, Vice Mayor Shipley, um, I, I don't know, uh, gentlemen, do you have any other? I'm sorry, and also Allison, do you, do you guys have any thoughts here? Um, Mayor Pink, I guess I would say, I, I, I mean, I do agree with Jessica that the goal is to get, you know, get the MOU and, and move forward. And with this change, they approved the MOU. I think that's the goal we're trying to accomplish here. So, um, you know, often there's lots of twisted turns of how you get to the, the end point. But we're at the end point now. And they've approved the MOU. So I, I think. We should move it forward. Allison Smith KDOT. I think if we can start seeing now that the MOU is moving forward, as Mayor Finkelty said, I think if we can see some action steps, I think I may have a little bit less concern about changing the, the shalls to shoulds. Um, I'm a, I think I'm a little hesitant or nervous um, about their intent and their and whether or not they're serious about taking some some solid steps. So I would really like to see some action. Um, so whatever we can do to encourage 
Um, some solid steps would be a good thing. Um, I think I have some different opinions as a parent of a student um, in USD 497 that I will hold off be, that perhaps it's a, it's a little bit different than my official um, KDOT's um, position. But um, so I just, hopefully we can get some solid things going and not just have it be an MOU and a file somewhere, so. Uh, uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, um, I see um, Commissioner Shanklin. Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. I, I guess from my perspective, if Jessica thinks that operationally um, this works to establish uh, a platform for going forward, uh, then that works for me. If it would be quite another matter if she came to us and said political intervention is going to be required in order for us to get USD 497 in a place where we can proceed, but she's not saying that. So um, I, I think this is fine. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, this might be a weedier question, and I'll apologize if I did not occur to me that this might come to me as a city commissioner. Um, uh, in the past, it has been recommended, one of the reasons that um, commissioners, um, city commissioners aren't usually on other advisory committees, um, is that they would make a vote to recommend something, and then vote again to accept their own recommendation and some people find that uh, I don't know problematic or some kind of conflict and and I might actually kind of feel that right now does does staff have any concerns about that might manager though. So the city of Lawrence uh, policy around commissioners participating in other bodies is really about ad official advisory committees to the city commission. This body is not an advisory committee to the city commission. It is its own legal entity um, that is that is represented in a legal structure and framework. As far as the feds and KDOT are um, concerned, an approval by this body represents... Did I just lose everybody? Yeah, Okay. Oh, so it's kind of coming back. Some reason it's reconnecting. Okay. But Courtney broke it. Wow, what a crazy day. Have you ever had that happen? No, but I've never had it at a street fail. I mean, uh, it feels like a Monday, and it's like Wednesday or Thursday or something. Thursday. Oh, jeez. Um, okay, hey, it's, it's coming back. Okay. Oh. Um, in that sense, I think that's what she was weighing in on. She's back now. Hi. Sorry, Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. I'm not sure where you lost me, but um, the city policy is in relationship to uh, commissioners serving on advisory committees to the city commission, whereas this body is not an advisory committee to the city commission. It's its own legal entity. Um, and so as far as like KDOT and the feds are concerned, um, when, we, when this body, the MPO policy board, approves something, that could be a final approval. 
Um, we have taken the initiative mainly because we value the planning work that we've done and we want additional buy-in from the local governments we work with to always take the plans for the consideration of those governing bodies to incorporate it into the plans of their area. A good example of that um, in the real term is there are some regions that have MPOs that have a metropolitan transportation plan like 2040, and then they have a separate com comprehensive plan that has a transportation component that is different than, uh, than like the metropolitan transportation plan. That is not the case here. Um, our plans are interaligned. So um, I, don't, I don't see that as a conflict. But Jeff, you can weigh in if you have other thoughts. Jeff Craig, Planning and Development Services. I think my Zoom kind of cut out a little bit, but I got most of the conversations going on there, and I would agree with the information that Jessica provided to the board. Great, Vice Mayor Shipley, thank you. I appreciate all of you um, helping me navigate that. Um, uh, unless there are any other discussion or questions, uh, I would entertain a motion. Mayor Fingal, I move to approve the Lawn Safe Routes to School Plan Amendment Number One. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, uh, any further second? David Carter, uh, second. Vice Mayor Shipley, um, Ashley, can you do the roll for us? Yes, uh, Ashley Breyer, transportation planner. Carter? Yes. Finkeldye? Yes. Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Smith? Yes. All right, motion passes five to zero. Thank you. Vice Mayor Shipley, um, uh, thank you real quickly to staff for all the work that you do on these items. Um, this is a longer meeting for us, but um, that's hours and hours and hours of work on behalf of staff that we don't see. Um, so thank you. Um, now let's um, let's go to quick updates. Um, looks like transit route design, redesign. Jessica Mortinger, transportation planning manager. We've included some quick updates for you. One of the steer, sub steering committees that you uh, established around transit route redesign is underway. Um, they just completed a survey that closed on July 9th, um, looking, seeking community input. Um, we spent hours and hours on buses, tabling at the library, at um, bus stops, um, and throughout the community, uh, seeking uh, guidance from the community about their values in relationship to the future transit service. That, that design process is looking to make recommendations for future service that would begin in August of 2022 with the new transfer facilities. And um, the MPO has financial commitment in that process, in that consulted process. So that's kind of an update on that process. We have a the monthly KDOT update to the agenda. Um, this is probably more pertinent for many of our local government um, staff partners because it announces um, different dates for grants and programs that KDOT is running, but that's the most recent update we've received from KDOT. And we've also attached for uh, your information the most recent approved TAC minutes that are posted online. We'd entertain any questions about any of these quick updates or anything else you would like to ask at this time. Jessica? Yes. 
else since we have KDOT planning, um, as I'm sure you're all aware, we announced um, the DDI that will be part of the Ike construction pipeline at US 40 and K10 that is going to be um, in construction year 2024. Um, Governor Kelly announced last week. So we will be working with staff um, in the coming months to put that project um, into the tip. So that's a good, good project for the region. So um, you'll be seeing that um, pretty soon. Thank so, you. Good announcement for Lawrence. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, I did kind of want to make a quick comment about the transit route redesign, the engagement and how incredible it has been. I don't, I'm, other than maybe a couple studies, I don't think I've ever seen such incredible outreach if, uh, for um, engagement on, on the part of a, a department, just ecstatic um, outreach to the community. And I would like to congratulate staff and probably in particularly Adam, Adam Weigel done such a great job making sure everyone in the community has had an option um, to give some comments. Thank um, you. We will pass that along to him. Um, uh, is there any other business that the commissioners or staff would like to bring up? All right, seeing none, um, our, uh, our next meeting is August 19th. Um, I guess unless otherwise um, announced, is there any other um, announcement Jessica or Ashley need to make before? Jessica Moringer, Transportation Planning Manager. We anticipate an August meeting, we at a minimum will have a transportation improvement uh, tip amendment to bring to you. All right, very good. If I recall correctly, we don't necessarily need a motion to go away, um, but I'm very glad to see you all after a couple months and I, I hope to see you again in the future. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you.